We are live, and now with the midst of doing a finger countdown, and I... Hiya, folks. Fucked that up. Um, I am Eric Tenkar. With me is Old Man Grognard, Smokestack Jones, uh, Glenn Halstrom. Glenn... Oh, wait, wait. Google... Wait, wait Google Jerome just told me that Dungeons, Dragons, and Discourse is starting. Uh-oh. Okay. You, better get, you better get on? Oh, wait a second. You're already there. Wait a Wait a second, God damn it. I, I've been told I have I, I've been told I have too many email addresses from somebody who really? used my email addresses to complain to me. And um uh Glenn, you have too many handles, but that's okay. I've got two handles. I've got two. Yeah. I've had two handles and I have two email addresses. Oh, I got way I got way too many email addresses. I I, I, I will admit to that one. But everybody knows me as Ten Car, and if you knew me uh, as a cop in the South Bronx in the in the late '90s, early aughts, it was a uh, flounder or a team flounder if you were trying to raise my car up. So if anybody comes up, if anybody comes up to me and says, "I know you as Basil Faulty," I'm just gonna go, "Wow, that was like the mid '80s." On message boards, not even oh the my internet. God. Yeah. I, now you see, my initial screen name, and this is just because I really enjoyed the character from the. T this is embarrassing. It's TSR Fiction, which is where I, and, and it wasn't Drizzt or Wolfgar or anything uh -huh. like that. It, it was uh, Rickus from the Dark Sun books. And it was Rickus because I could do Rickus Rick from Eric uh -huh. as my email address. And I was like Rickus Rick on like every damn freaking board I was part of. And and, and and then I realized that I guess 10 car worked out better. And then 10 car stuck. Can you imagine if Rickus Rick stuck? They'd be just calling me it, it, like stuttering. I used to have a board um uh... I used to be on this message board where they actually gave me a room, you know, my own sub board. Right. And I don't even know what we were talking about, but it was Faulty Towers because my handle was Basil Faulty. Uh, and, okay. And, you know, that's back in the day when you used to do the ASCII artwork and everything. Oh, my God, yes. Uh -huh. And so I had, a, I had a little ASCII artwork at the beginning that would change like every week or month where it's, flowery twats or but you know how they change the sign yeah. in the episode i do that on mine every once in a while well that was nice that was yeah that was kind of fun that was that would have been too much effort for me i remember trying that ascii artwork on my commodore uh -huh. 64 which by uh -huh. the way they are selling a retro commodore 64 on amazon with really? a lot of games yeah, built into it, and I know you can get ROMs, and there are some uh, fantasy RPGs that I played back in the day on my Commodore 64. So, uh, looking over my, my friend shoulder, had a, my had friend didn't have a uh, 64, he had a Vic 20. Oh, well, you see, 64 with, a little bit, a little bit with, I, I, with tape drive with the tape drive, yes, for games. I actually, technically, I had a 64C, so it had like a modern-looking keyboard as opposed to the clunker-clunker. 
But uh, I actually ordered it, and I think it arrives tomorrow. And Rach has a day of yoga training from 11 to 7. So uh -huh. I will be setting this up and playing with it uh, out of sight, out of mind. And then I'll admit that I kind of birthday presented myself. So we shall, we shall see. Oh, did somebody... I just said, I, I, my friend Bruce, he just got my first... Uh, I set up my first Christmas present today because I ordered it online. So, okay, I I still owe you a a, 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 a of small cards. gift. I gotta get to the mill, but uh, I gotta do it. Oh yeah, after Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. the mill gets insane. Oh, I want I want to show everybody my little friend here. You, I to, to hell with an elf on the shelf. Friend, I don't need an elf on the shelf. I got a Spidey on the shelf. Show me where the old man Grognar touched you on the uh, doll. <laughs> show me, show you, yeah. Show me where Doc Ock touched you. Um, you this go. guy is my, one of my pride and joys. See, I little gorilla tape around there, around the mid midriff there, to keep them together because my grandkids broke them in half. But this is the 18-inch Spider-Man 2 uh, figure with 64 points of. Uh, of articulation, and this is my primary. When I draw, this is my primary artist model right here. That's why I, I love this thing. I bought it back in the day. It was like twenty bucks at Walmart, and best investment. As long as they don't let the kids have it. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> well, Bruce, I had the uh, sixty-four. I got it in eighty-five. I remember I cashed out my savings account to buy it because it was uh, school-related. I needed it for college. That's the ticket. And, of course, I played all the gold box games. Uh, the worst one was the one that that masqueraded as a as a gold box game but wasn't. Was it Hillsfar? Some fucking thing with, like, bullshit kind of uh, video gamey jousting and crap. I don't know. I I quickly uninstalled. Well, I didn't install it. I quickly stopped ever using it. But uh, yeah, no. Well, me, <clears throat> me and my friend and a couple other friends, we used to play Colonial Conquest on this on his uh, Vic. I think he did upgrade to a sixty-four eventually. But he played Colonial Conquest, which is basically kind of a PC version of Rip of Risk. Okay. We would each take a country, but we used to like it where, like, we'd have like four guys and take each take a country, and the computer would take the you know the others, the other countries. Right. And it's always like when the computer took its turn. I loved it because every time the computer took its turn, we'd come back and say, "Oh, look what he did! Man, he just invaded China! Wow!" You know, computer so, yeah, invades China. Yeah, because that way you're not really the one pissing off your friend. You're kind of like, it wasn't me. The computer did it. I, yeah. I, I got you. You know, I mean, yeah. all my friends had a Commodore 64, so it was a great way. You, you learned real quickly to have the right friends that could copy games, and uh -huh. uh, and then you learned the uh, that the investment in a hole puncher on your for your floppy disk. <sighs> Was what yes. was worth its weight in floppy disks, because all of a sudden it's like, I have a double sided disk just by cutting a notch in this thing, because that's really all double sided disk disk were because they were all double sided really, 
You just yeah. paid for the Mac. See, oh, I didn't God. get it. I didn't get my computer. It was my girlfriend's computer. But the first computer I had was a, a Mac Plus. And, oh. you know, I had the I had the small, hard floppy disks. Uh, okay. See, my first first computer kind of sort of was the Coleco Atom <clears throat> with the Daisy Wheel printer that whacked away. And it lasted like, I don't know, I think three years before it, it literally burned out. Uh, well, and Sylvia I, and I both had our game that we would obsess over. Mine was Dark Castle and Dark Castle, Beyond Dark Castle. Okay. That? And hers was Shanghai, which was basically, you know, Mahjong. Yes. I remember, I remember playing a lot of Shanghai and Mahjong. Uh, not so much on the 64. I think that was my early PCs. It was like, uh -huh. oh, this is a great relaxing solo game when I should be doing like my I don't know term papers in college instead I'm, I'm, I'm we also college. had we also had a, a computer version of Meal Borns. Remember that game? Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Meal Borns? That's the French card game where you're um you're in a you're each in a car and you try and rack up a thousand miles and you can like put flats on people and you know do other stuff to other people. It's a car. It was a car. It's a car game. It's still being sold. And oh, they get a computer. They get a computer version of it, and she was convinced that that computer cheated. She was convinced um, that it cheated. You know what? Who knows how they programmed it? Maybe it did. Maybe it was programmed mm -hmm. to cheat. By the way, Bruce, I am doing turkey and ham. Ordered from the pub. Put in an order for turkey and ham for Thanksgiving. So uh, if I had a choice between turkey and ham, I would go for a nice spiral ham any day. Well, if, the, if, the ham, if they can't do the ham, I'll show up. Okay. Yeah, I got okay. my own ham. We've got the, the Glen ham. Hill, yes, Hills Far really, really sucked. Everything else was good. All the other games were great, but that one, oh, painful. And I hated I hated the copy protection. I had the originals. I didn't want to have to flip through uh, the rule book and find a word or match up the wheel. Oh, my God. What a pain in the ass. Thinking back to that. Zork, yes. Ultima. The original Ultimas. I never finished an Ultima. But I had a lot of fun playing them and not knowing what I was doing. I had friends that could Finish Ultima, and they knew all the secrets and tricks. And for me, Ultima was uh, uh, a hex crawl with no end and literally no beginning, because I could never figure out what I was doing. Well, well, I did play my my, my share of Infocom games. I had three of them. Okay. I played, Hitch I played Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Um, the Leather Goddesses of Phobos. And yep. I can't remember one that the one that was a, kind of a horror one that was kind of Cthulhu esque. I can't remember the name of it, the Crawling Eye or something like that. But it was very Cthulhu esque. Um, I got a kick. Good. I got a kick out of Leather Goddesses because the way they figured out if it was a male or female playing is you're in a bar and you have to go to the bathroom. You have to pick either the men's room or the ladies' room. And that oh. told the computer if it was a, it was a male or a female playing. <laughs> Eh, interesting way to do it. Uh, it might not work yeah. so well, you know, in, in all circumstances, but certainly an interesting way to do it. 
Um, I swear to God, that, that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm, boy. What you have to do to get a Babel fish in your ear is incre- it was incredibly hard. And, you know, and, and that's the that's the thing about those things. Like I, I remember like Zork was annoying, but like Zork three or Zork four was supposed to be partially graphical, and I was all excited, mm-hmm. and I don't remember it ever ever getting a copy of it. And I'll be honest with you, I bought <clears throat> dare I say this, I bought most of my Commodore 64 games, which meant that I had no money available, generally speaking. So the ones I would get copied were things like Ultima, which I could never figure out how to play anyway, the early Ultimas. And then, you know, the later Ultimas that came on like 17 discs that I had installed on my early PC, it was like, oh, well, that. this probably isn't even going to be disc disc swap disc swapping in the middle of a game yes oh god yes put in disc number yeah yeah so yeah it was it was crazy anyway but um oh i'm just just catching up on the wizard's crown wait wizard's crown oh god was that from like go What's company called Cinema something or other? Uh, Cinemaware. 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 I think Witch's Crown was was them. Oh my god! Now I'm really flashing back. Holy crap! Mule. Yes, Mule is a classic. Um, wait, David, you started programming in ICL in 1904. I, said, I, I did computer programming in the early 80s and. In high school, I took pass. I took basic computer program, and then I took Pascal. And uh, let me just say, uh, I I learned absolutely fucking nothing, and I'm proud of it because uh, I I I did one program that allowed me to generate characters for uh, AD and D. I mean, literally lost the disc, and I couldn't bother trying to figure out how to do it again. So. Another game I liked on there was uh, Deja Vu. It was like a first-person kind of. It was text, but it had graphics and stuff. And okay. basically, it was a it was a film it was a film noir game. You wake up, you don't know who you are. You wake up in a hotel room, and you got to figure out what's going on. All right, so Bruce, correct me. Was this Crown and Eternal Dagger were from SSI? All right. Ew. Eternal Dagger. Okay, Bruce, now I'm going to ask you a question, and then, then we'll probably get on to the, the whatever our main topic's going to be. Um, do you remember an SSI RPG that came with like uh, a paper envelope with like handouts for the player? So when you, you, you find a, a map, you actually pull the map out of this thing. I can't remember the damn name of the game. Art no, it wasn't Bar's Tale. It was from SSI. And when it had like a demon on the cover, I think. But whenever you chained, it played a lot like D&D. It was really good. But whenever you had a chained disc because of travel, my game would crash <clears throat> first. First four times out of five, and then 20 times out of 20. And uh, only game that would do that to me. But uh, I, if I could ever get a, a ROM of that and play it on the, the emulator I'm getting, oh man, I'd be happy as a uh, pig in in shite. 
So if any of you know which game that is, so I can, I, I, I can't remember it, but let me name it. I remember it. It frustrated the shit out of me because it kept on crashing. No game in my in my gaming career, computer or video games, ever enticed me that much. Probably because it crashed all the time, and I never got the chance to. I, I maybe I remember more about it that I thought was gonna happen that never happened because it kept on crashing. So, <laughs> uh, it was Commodore sixty four, and it was probably late nineties. Maybe I didn't find it until like early nineties. Uh, uh, sorry, early, late eighties. Possibly early 90s. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure if it was before SSI had the uh, gold box or uh, after. <clears throat> but it, it, was, it was, was fucking awesome. I had a friend back in San Jose who got a job in SSI playtesting the gold box mm. games. Now that, back in the as much as I wanted to work for TSR back in the day, um, I would be killed for a job playtesting computer games. What? I get to play computer games for 12, 14 hours a day? Do I get to eat and shit too? I do? All right. I'm in. Let's let let's do this. You know, I, I, I would have put on good 50, 60 pounds of, of pure gut muscle, but, you know, it would have been... Uh, pure, pure gamer manliness. Yes. You know, the, the the extra chins would have been attractive to somebody. You know, it's like, right. I, or maybe not, but I, so I, what I, would do you, I was in better shape back then. So what? Yes, Glenn. What are we, what are we doing? What have you been up to? What's, what's going on? Well, uh, aside from the fact that I've gone down the, uh, the Arduin trilogy rabbit hole and uh, I have no desire <laughs> to come back up out of it. I'm enjoying my, my my trip down it because uh, and and i don't know if i'm the only person guilty of this but i'm sure we'll hear about it in, in, in the chat i i will go to myself it was pretty a couple of years ago hmm you know what i don't have my old school gaming collection i don't have the arduin trilogy and i don't have uh dave arneson's first fantasy campaign i got a few holes in, in my in my in my collection, right? So now I so, so you you wait and you wait for your <clears> day and you take a little time where it's like, all right, I'm not going to get my wallet stolen on the next purchase. You try to get wait for a decent price. <laughs> and then you get it. And I, I will show you that with the first fantasy campaign, you take it I got that. Yep. I got the second print. So you take it and you look through it and you go Oh yeah, this is something I would have probably passed up on when I was at the complete strategist at the time, because you know it, TSR stuff looks so much more professional. And uh, yeah, all right, okay, <clears throat> and then you put it on a shelf, and you're like, it's in my collection, and I collected it, and yay! And that's what I did with uh, the Arduin trilogy. I have the three little uh, books and I have them and got them and kind of leafed through. I've them wanted, yeah. I've wanted, wanted to read them. I want, I've never had a copy. I've never been able to find a copy. I've always wanted to read them. You know, I get various reports. It's, it's oh. brilliant or it's terrible, you know, 
well, divisive and, all the time. Yeah, you know, and and from my reading of it, and by the way, I'm, I I I took my originals out, and then I realized that at the advanced the advanced age of fifty four, um, mm. with with never having had <clears throat> uh, great eyesight, and I, and I know a lot of you folks are going. Ten car doesn't wear glasses. I never see him on screen wearing glasses. Um, that's because I don't wear them when I'm on screen because I can read the screen fairly well without them. But I actually have to wear um, the invisible bifocals because uh. I need them for distance and I need them for close work. <clears throat> so, so my computer distance is about right for me not to need them. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at the booklets the other day and I'm like, holy shit, this print is small. <laughs> I don't think I can do this. But I knew I had I had a copy of the PDF because uh, Emperor's Choice they took the first three books and they relayed them out into mm. a more consistent. So the text hasn't changed. The order of the text may have changed, but there's a reprint of those first three books. And I was like, all right, the PDF, that I can read. So, and it's, and it's convenient for me to take like screenshots of, of little pieces and all that stuff. But I'm, I'm going through it. I'm finding the rabbit hole is, I'm not, at least not yet. I haven't been looking at the game content. I've been looking at more like the essays that, that Dave wrote mm -hmm. to get more of an insight into the mindset of somebody <clears throat> uh, writing game material. And now as I'm going through it, the deeper, it's like, hey, doesn't DCC RPG have charts like for, you know, your character rolls on a chart to get like this one little ability that makes you different than every other fighter? Well, not every other fighter. It makes you different than one out of 30 fighters are like you. It gives you a unique ability. I go, Dave was doing that with the audio and trilogy. So this isn't something new. It's something that's been done. And I don't know if we give credit for what, what a lot of these things are being sourced in. Like um, I mentioned this on a, <coughs> on a short episode earlier tonight. I'm going to pull this up on screen real quick, but, and, and Gwen can go, Hey, I've got that. Um, this is from the first fantasy campaign. Hey, I've um, got that. There you go. Dave Arnson. So, uh, page 75, and I'm not going to go in-depth into it. It's worth its own short 10-minute episode at some point. But Dave has a page and a half, pretty much, of how characters should be getting experience points based not upon uh, accumulating treasure and gold, but how they spend it. Uh, are you spending it? On, I've heard that. I've heard that before. You know, are you spending it on spell research? Are you spending it on song? On on water? Are you spending it? Are you spending it? Period. Right. And I was like, you know, well, first off, we've seen that pop up in other OSR house rules that have been talked about. But right. in a way, this is like a prelude to what they did with two E, because two E. Was like, oh well, we're going to step away from this whole gold equals expo uh, deal. You're going to get your expo from combat, and then fighters will get more expo from combat, and wizards will get uh, expo from 
casting spells. So a second level spell is worth 200 points. And thieves would get it for using their abilities. And again, I have no fucking idea what clerics... Uh... Hold on. What clerics had it for? Uh, Bruce. Shard of Spring or Demon's Winter? You know what? I think I have them both. And they both sound very familiar. <coughs> I'd have to look, uh, but it's definitely going to be one of those two. Uh, might be Demon's Winter. Uh, I just I just remember the, the handouts were awesome and something never done back in those days. Or these days, mm-hmm. honestly. You go out and you buy a computer RPG, um, you're not getting handouts in, in the box. You're not getting those little you might get a tchotchke, you might get a coin, your collectible coin, or your uh, your, your cloth map of EverQuest, but not getting anything that is really game-related. Like, oh, when you get to this section, open up this part and look at, you know, handout. <coughs> you don't get that. So I, I don't know. I I really appreciate that. That's something I'm going to be looking for. So thank you, Bruce. You've You've narrowed my search down. It's definitely one of those two. But uh, so that's that's the rabbit hole I've been going down, and I'm trying to figure out if I want to hey, do this. I, I, listen, I, I am most certainly uh, not the historian of of the of D and D or old school gaming, and that's that's never been my expertise. But I, I, I am a trained investigator and I almost want to go back and, and look at it and go, where can I find, okay, is this uh, a feature that got picked up by another game 30 years later and uh, one of the two Daves gave us this? And I'm just want to, I want to see if I can, I, 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 can back around, so. uh, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's, 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 it's a hole I didn't, I didn't expect. Yeah. Demons went through the speak. So maybe that's what, maybe it was Shard of Spring. And that's maybe that's all right. I'm gonna, so I definitely remember Demons Winter's cover because I know I've seen it online. But Shard of Spring might be the might be the first one. And that might be the one I was having trouble with. I will have to look. You have to excuse me. Hey. I, I, I'm drinking my non alcoholic non beer. My hop. <coughs> So usually we have a game on Mondays and uh, Joe the Lawyer's uh, uh, Bronze Age Heartbreaker, but we had a pass this past week. He had a uh, death in the family's uh, uncle on his father's side passed, I guess, right. last Thursday or last Friday. So he had to, uh, you know, funeral, wake, all that stuff. You know, and then spend time with the family after that. So it, it, it's just, it, you know, it's a weird season because as Glenn and I were discussing before we even jumped into this, the the time frame from Thanksgiving to about New Year's, historically, from on, on, from my perspective, has always been one about family, but not about gaming. Right, unless your yeah. unless your family unless your family games, right? But you know the obligations that you tend to have with your friends and with your fellow gamers. Thanksgiving weekend historically has always been. Yeah. Are you going away for it? Are you shopping during it? Or you you have your family over on Thanksgiving? 
Maybe you have other family over uh, that Friday or Saturday. If you're trying to do two sides of the family, sometimes your weekend gets split. Then you get mm -hmm. the weekends coming up to Christmas. Uh, in the case of my family, we have my between my mother, my sister, and my niece, Shannon, we have uh, three birthdays spread out between December 14th and the 17th. So, oh. so it's like having another small Christmas on top of all that. And um, thankfully, this year we're not looking at um, we're, we're not looking at the uh, I don't know the the distance gift giving for birthdays, which was uh, exchanging uh, gifts with my sister, my mother, and my niece in. Uh, in in yard chairs in the middle of December in in Long Island, New York, uh, because of COVID. Uh, so hopefully, uh, this this will be a more <clears throat> more usual uh, season. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much the same with me. I mean, you know, we're not doing Thanksgiving at the house this year, but we still have to have family. We have to go over. We're not having our Thanksgiving until Saturday with or one of my sister-in-law's houses. I, and that's and, what I'm uh, saying. Thanksgiving is a weekend. You know, it isn't just Thanksgiving is the holiday. Thanksgiving can can literally be the whole weekend depending on your family obligations. And that's where oh, I've always seen gaming comes to a, a slowdown or a halt until after New Year's. I don't know. I right. could be wrong. You're absolutely right. What I've been doing is I'm getting ready to do a review of this. I mean, I showed you this last night in chat, but I've been geeking out over this game here. Or it's not a game, but original edition character's gone. Okay, but original uh, it's original edition campaign by Eric oh. Johansson from Ooh. Sweden. Now he sells this a nice strong K, I do believe. Thank you, Eric. No, yes. And and he se he sells this on Amazon UK and Amazon because he's from Sweden, and right. so he I just had one of my earbuds drop out there, and he sent this to me. He re he he reached out to me for this, and I just thought, and it's all it is is his house rules, you know, for the original OD and D three three books. But I look through it and I go, God, I could use this for anything. Um, it's got some nice systems in here. And he says, that's all it is, is my house rules. It may be of value to somebody. He's getting ready to what, sell it on Amazon. And that's just it, too. Like, when it comes to, you know, somebody's house rules, any hack of D&D, &D, any hack of, of a D20 uh -huh. system is house rules. And you don't have to take it yeah. in whole. You can take it in part. Right. You can, you can Frankenstein right. like, your own system together from right. different pieces, everything else. But you play well, it you know, you've you got play you, exactly which. But a lot of these systems are like, oh, this is a new clone or this is whatever, and it turns out to be like DD with house rules. I mean, hell, that's what they called second edition when it came out. Um, well, yeah, but that, he, he, But I like. I like in the forward, he just said, these are my house rules. Use them, don't use them, use part of them, whatever, which is nice. I've got some things in here I want to steal. 
I mean, he runs it a little more hyperborea because he he only he only has all the all the characters are human. Okay. And you know, it's more grim and gritty because he was inspired by like the old Marvel Conan comics. And I said, so was I. Um, but it's got one of my favorite things in here is hit points. When you advance, instead of rolling another hit die, right? You don't you don't lose any hit die hit points, but when you advance, you roll all your hit dice for whatever level. Say you're going from level two to level three, you roll three your hit dice, three hit dice. And he said, if you roll under your current hit dice, you only get one hit die. You only get one hit okay. point. If you roll over your current hit points, you get the difference. I Fair thought enough. that's that is cool. I like that. My players will probably hate it, but I like it. But you know what? It it, it does away <clears throat> with the idea of you're going to get screwed by. If, listen, your players always want to be like, well, I can re-roll a one, right? I can yeah. re-roll a two, right? I can re-roll a three, right? They everybody wants average or better. This is going to give you That's average right. hit over, over the long run. Well, uh, what I like, well, also they're getting their like their con bonuses anyway. On top of that, so you know. Uh, Glenn David Thompson wants to know uh, what the product was name. Oh, sorry, it is called again, original edition campaign. Let me show it one more time. There it is. Yeah, it's hard. It's it, very it, good. It, 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 it blurs. It blur, there we go. I can read it now. There. How's uh, that? Original edition campaign by uh, Eric with a K, some long last name. I Joe, Joe, Han Joe Hansen with two S's. Oh, Joe Hansen. Eric Joe Hansen. So there you go. He reached out to me for this. And it's like, oh, great. Put it on the review pile. And then I started thumbing through and I'm going, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, David David Betzak uses that exact same uh, HP method. I think I'm trying to remember if Tim Schwartz was using that method, but if you rolled uh, under or equal, you kept what you had. You didn't get that 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 guaranteed one, if I recall correctly. But I could be wrong. Right. I don't mind having. And in the back, they got this really nice, um, really nice. Um, was it dungeon stocking done fast? And it's just like you look at your map, you roll as many d6s as there are dungeon dungeon rooms in the dungeon level. You count the number of dice that roll a five or a six. This is the number of rooms occupied by creatures. And then you go on with that. Then you roll those rooms and see if there's. You know, if they're seeing if the creatures are guarding treasure and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that's great. I got a 12-room dungeon. I'll roll 12 D6. The fives and sixes got something in them. The rest are empty or something like that. And he also he also makes a point that I like to make is the fact that even if a room says empty, it's empty of game mechanics. It's not. It can. It can have stuff in it, you know, yes. like a dead body or a, a barrel or a, you know. Um, 
it may have nothing in it, but there's always like trash or something around there. So I like that. I like that kind of thing. All right. So I put up a link. Um, I, I, there's no link on uh, Amazon US for it. There's nothing that comes no, up. No, he there. hasn't. He says he hasn't put it up there yet. He's having a little trouble because he's, he's he says he's putting this up there just for he's doing it at cost. I think it's going to be like eight bucks or something like that. It's a uh, seven seven euro seven point nine five euros. I found, I guess the original. Uh, uh, Swedish, Norwegian, whatever uh, yeah. site. If, if you're in Europe, I'm mm -hmm. sure you can make heads or tails out of this. I'm sure the way to translate this I, page. This is very frustrating. I really wish I had more in, in, information on how to get this because it's like that. What's that one? Table Fables. It's on right. Amazon and there's no PDF. I don't think there's no PDF for this either. So that's a bit of a frustration. Um, like that, I, I put a link up uh, in the chat and hold on a second. So we got some, we got some words from him that uh, it's like the only English stuff on the page there, but I figured I, oh, I really? yeah, after running an original edition campaign for about seven years, I've decided to compile the house rules and procedures that I use during play into a booklet similar to the original three. It's not intended to be a retro clone as much as a toolbox of ideas it and is. a source of inspiration for anyone looking to run a similar campaign. This is not in any way an authority on how to run a fantasy campaign. I want to celebrate the modularity and customization. Uh, uh, yeah, that's not the word that's there, but yes, yeah, customization of the original fantasy role-playing game and share my experiences and house rules. So see, this is, this is to me is a, this to me is a, a textbook example of house rules. Right. It's, here. it's, it's a modern day Arduin. That's what you're looking it's just, at. Okay. It's, That's good. It's great. I just, I, I just, yes, more sup, all, all supplements. If you're going to put out a supplement, you should look at this versus an example. Because it's very clear and precise and concise, you know, there's no there's no fluff or anything in there unless he's explained for something like injury and death or rate of fire. That's all mechanics, right? You know, and it even gives you an example of play in the back. You know, I'm sure there's some things in here I'm not going to agree on, you know, because right. you never agree with any everybody, you know, all house rules. But it's just a great example of what a supplement should be or what house rules should. Be. And and that's just it. I mean, when you look at the, uh, I, I think uh, I I've probably spoken about this in the past, and may, maybe me and Glenn have, but AD and D came about because D and D was being house ruled and reinterpreted by mm -hmm. gamers out everybody on the West Coast, the Great Lakes. Every every uh, gaming region started morphing the rules into something that was theirs, and uh, part yeah. of the issue, yeah. at least as Gary publicly said, was that you needed a common set of rules for, uh, you know. Uh, well, I find that that 
I found that because like at first, most people who are playing it were war gamers who were used to tinkering with war gaming rules. Well, it makes sense because I've been reading the uh, latest release from John Peterson and mm -hmm. all about how, you know, uh, A would modify the rules that B had written and that makes product C. And then once you get to product D, it's a derivative of product C. It is no longer a reference to the original product A because right. even though it draws upon that because it's moved so far along. So... Mm -hmm. You look at the first fantasy campaign, it's D and D, and this is, <clears throat> you know, how Dave plays it. And you look at Arduin, at least the initial trilogy, and I believe it changes as the the next six books after that go on, becomes more of its own system, but its roots are still D and D, and you can still take things and say, all right, how much is it going to hurt me to take this class? And move this to a retro clone these days. Probably not much effort at all. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think that that's part of the historical charm of the older stuff. But yeah. also looking at this, the the original edition campaign book, and I'm looking at it and saying, this is written in the same type of spirit. Mindset spirit and mindset as these original books where they hey this is how I play my game and and again take take what you want from from either Dave or take what you want from Eric not Tenkar um and make it your own I, I think that's again that's what they were doing back then and part part of the fear I believe and I don't I haven't read far enough in into John's current book but I'm gonna guess I'm going to uh, uh, work on a on, on a on a theory here I'll make my thesis that part of Gary's fear was that D and D was being house ruled so much somebody more than one somebody and and they and effectively they did right when you look at things like RuneQuest, when you look at things mm -hmm. like uh, tunnels and trolls these are all derivatives from D and E, you look at you. He was like, they're going to take these my rules, and they're going to take X number of steps away from my rules and make their own rules, and then I won't be getting money. I'm not saying it was all about money, but I won't be getting my company TSR won't be getting paid for somebody else's RPG because mm -hmm. it happened all the time back then. Again, I write A, you write B, that builds off of A, and now you give me credit. But then when somebody builds off your work, my credit is no longer, you know, I'm, I'm off the list. Right. I'm no longer getting my royalties because I'm like two generations back. Um, right. And I, I, I suspect that was a lot of the reason for let's put out clearer, more concise, more complete rules. D&D &D White Box was pretty much household as much as it was because it wasn't really um, concise or complete um, and AD&D &D was much more concise and complete even if it wasn't yeah. uh, internally consistent but well also I think I think Eric Johansson also I don't know maybe he was uh, ESP or something 
but he really hit on one of my weaknesses. I really have a weakness for toolbox type books. And oh God. because I, that's, that's my, my, my kryptonite right there is toolbox type books where you can just take stuff and do stuff with it. I mean, that's always, that's always awesome and fun. I mean, that's, especially when you can just take little pieces. It's like, mm-hmm. I like this subsystem. I don't need anything else from this, but I like this subsystem. I want to go with it. Right. And, it and, and, and you know what? It might be because it fits the setting that you're playing with and the default assumptions. And then maybe when you're running another D&D campaign with different uh-huh. assumptions, those rules don't fit. And that's why two boxes are great because you can add or subtract, pull out, pull in. I mean, yeah. and that's why... In a lot of ways, D&D, and for, I guess, those of us, uh, basic expert, works so well as systems to house rules, swords and wizardry, labyrinth lord, advanced edition characters, adventure conqueror king system. Axe is effectively um, a house ruling of labyrinth lord, and labyrinth lord is a reimagining retrocolon of of basic expert. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Axe was uh, derivative of Labyrinth Lord. It, it effectively is because it's also building off Basic Expert, and I don't know how far off they went from. I mean, if somebody's already done the work and it's OGL, you're gonna, you can say the same thing about oh, you can say the same thing about OSE. Yeah, but OSE actually rewrites a lot of this stuff. But I'm sure they. You know, again, why redo work that's already been done and is already out there in the open legally? And, um, but, you know, if I want to go for a presentation that is is pure to the original, um, Labyrinth Lord has the physical look, but OSC reads a lot better. And uh, Axe is a house rule. Axe, Axe is, is, is like, hey, we are going to do race as class, but with racial classes as opposed to just one racial class. And I think that's the strength of Axe. Fantastic Heroes of Witchery does kind of the same thing. I mean, they have, they, have, they have racial classes, but They've got so many classes, but they also have racial classes. They have a few classes that only dwarves can be. A few classes only elves can be. So they're kind of doing the same thing, only different way. Now, which... Is that building off of the original box or Basic Expert or Beckme or... Fantastic and, Heroes of Witchery looks like a 1E, building off of 1E. Okay. And the, so it's built, so whereas Osric is um, a pure re- 1E. So Osric is a representation of 1E. This would right. be like a house ruling of 1E, if I got you. More, more or less. I mean, they even add, like, science fantasy classes in there. If They said these are optional if you want to go a John Carter-ish route. Okay. You know, uh, swords and blasters type of thing. 
Um, so, and also they do add, they do give you a choice of ascending or descending like, like Swords of Wizardry does. All right. <clears throat> Personally, I think the ascending, descending, whereas when I first saw that, I was like, um, now is, uh, really? as I've gotten a little bit wiser and, and, and older, I think mm -hmm. that for adventures, if you're writing an adventure and you're not using ascending, descending, you're hurting yourself. Um, you know, I've, and also something funny in there. What? As I probably said this before, uh, Fantastic Heroes of Witchery has no monster monster section, no monsters. They said use whatever monster manual or whatever you happen to have. Okay. And what's funny, and the th then they go on by to say. We recommend Osric. <laughs> because they are probably, you know, I'd have to look at the section 15, but I would guess that they are building off of Osric. And uh, and that's not a bad thing. Osric, no. remember, when Osric was initially written, the idea by, by Stuart Marshall, Matt Finch, the idea was yeah. the, this, these, these rules are going to be used by publishers to build adventures off of, to publish uh -huh. things that are one e compatible, without right. say having to say they're one e compatible, and to give a reference, and they never expected it to be popular by players and GMs to run AD and D. If winning. you have if you have a reinterpreted one e book that com com combines all three books and you can read it easily, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great presentation of the money rules. And um, not for nothing, uh, when I came back when I came back to gaming after we did the uh, 5e D&D uh, Next playtest, and then I became the, the next GM, um, I was like, hey, we're going to do 1e slash Audric. Why 1e? Because 1e was the system I was most familiar with. But why Audric? Because Audric was what I wanted to refer to at my table. I didn't want to have to go through my player's handbook and my DMG and my monster manual. And no, I wanted I to be the same page. I was running a 1E game for my granddaughters and my grandsons. And they range from gauge 18 to down to 13, 12, 13. And the four of them, I said, okay, here's my 1E books. We're going to make characters. And then I pull out my Osric book. Guess which book they use the most? Osric. Because they can read it. They you don't get, grab that every time. You don't get, listen, I really loved the Gygaxian prose back in the day. I, I did. I mm -hmm. thought it was, as a 13-year-old, I was like, this is awesome. And I, I knew words in junior high school that made my teachers go, like, I was using words in, like, you know, essays, and they're like, where did you learn whatever word it was? It's like probably verbose or some shit like that. That's like, yeah. oh, well, uh, uh, probably from uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Like, what? And, you know, you pull it, you bring in your Dungeon Master's Guide to show the word. It's like, well, it's used here. And you're like, oh, damn. I mean, and that's how, <laughs> I mean, that, listen, that pushed us as, as kids to expand our, our, our learning, our, our, Ability to do it did. math it quickly, did. but it also it did. 
this is reading back in the time before you could go on to Google and go to like uh, Dictionary Online or whatever mm -hmm. online and look up words or have the autocorrect corrected for you and make suggestions. You would read a, not just fiction, but all those all those core RPG books, and you would read words and go, "I have no idea what the fuck this means," but I am going to. And, and you wouldn't find it in the standard dictionary. I don't think if I looked up uh, halberd in a standard uh, pocket dictionary, I was going to find out what it was. But you would figure out from the usage and from the the terminology surrounding it that you did understand and then you would right. start filling in blanks and that to me is that's how kids know. learn yeah you know that that's you you're learning because you want to know what this stuff means because it's part of an experience that's driving you as opposed to well it's book learning because it's part of your scholastic work yeah School make it work. interesting to the, make it interesting to the kids. Yeah, and yeah. D and D make it interesting. You know, half you know half the time teaching kids, you spend half your time getting them to pay attention. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and so if if you can draw them in, yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that, that's, that, that's 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 half the battle right there. Yeah, and honestly, you know, why fight a battle you don't have to fight? I mean that the the, you know, the best battle is is not the one you win; it's the one that was never fought. Yeah, I hate to say it. And knowing is half the battle. GI Joe is there. Mm -hmm. GI Joe, great, great American hero. Wild die. According to my mother, when I was 10 years old, I told her I was going to be a professional writer. Coincidentally, I was 10 when I was introduced to D&D. &D. There you ha. go. But yeah. yeah. Well, know. I was in high school and I said I was going to be an actor. Look what happened. Anyway. But an that's actor. great. The actor, yeah. Hmm. Hey, listen. Anyway. I, wanted be, I wanted to be a train engineer and then I wanted to work for the phone company like my father. Oh. And no. Here's one. Here's a weird one. I was either wanted to be a cartoonist or an entomologist because bugs fascinated me at the time. Uh, did they still fascinate you, Glenn? No, not anymore. Yeah, so that's a phase that some some kids grow out of. Like, oh, bugs! It's like as they get older, it's like, yeah, somebody yeah. kill that spider for me because I don't want to well, get anywhere. Well, I just. It. Yeah, I just thought that, you know, they were just too gross. I mean, I couldn't get over stuff like beetles with those weird, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. The pincers at yeah, the end. The, the pincers or the up the thing with the and and centipedes and millipedes. Centipedes and millipedes just grossed me out. You know. Uh, I, 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 you know, we used to have, uh, God, I haven't seen a praying mantis in my neighborhood in probably at least 10 years. They don't but we. Me. Oh, but they're they're great when you see them eating something, and you know, it's like you're watching it. And you're like, <clears throat> like oh, they just dropped half half a large insect body that Katie did just put to the ground as they just chopped it in half. I was like, what a yeah, that's it. They're pretty powerful. But anyway, that's you know, <clears throat> I didn't do either of those or the acting or nothing. I'm a gamer. Well, there you go. Oh. 
I'm a gamer, you're a gamer, we're a gamer. I'm a, I'm a game master without a game. Um, well, you know, so, yeah, I probably won't be a game master until the new year anyway, because I was yeah. hoping to get something up and running before Thanksgiving. It hasn't happened, and it's not happening during uh, December. Right? That's my right. concentration is trying to figure out whether I can afford North Texas next year right now, because I do want Gage and I to go. I miss you guys, you know. It's the only time I get to see you guys in person and all my yeah. other friends, you know. And it's it's more than gaming for me. It's almost fa a family reunion. Yeah, I, I I've been saying this for years, but North Texas is my home away from home. I don't get me wrong. But, I enjoy going but, to other conventions, but North Texas true, true. just you know, recharges my batteries, and it's like it does. I'm I'm home. I like you walk into the hotel. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, yeah, this is this I'm is home. home. You know, yeah. I I see you guys and it's great. And I bring Gage now, and Gage absolutely loves it. So I can I can swing the badges. I'm not sure about the hotel or anything, but we'll see what happens. I usually uh, I usually get some kind of roommates, but I don't even know if we're gonna have that. So maybe I'll start to go fund me. Who knows? I don't know. I'm go, not go fund Glenn. <laughs> Oh, Woodard, I wish I was a professional gamer. I can't see how those guys make money. Actually, I can, but it's beyond me. Um, well, it, I thought I thought about being I thought about being a professional game master at one time, and I said, no, nobody will want to play the games I want to play. Right, you got to run the games guys, that people want to play. Yeah, you yeah. know they, these corp. You know this. It's a it's a big corporate thing now. A lot of corporations like this for their employees. And it's like, you got to be up on the latest stuff, 5e or whatever the hell edition's out. And I said, I don't want to do that. That's money out, out the door I don't want to spend. And, right. and, I'm the, just and the other said, part, I don't want to learn it. Well, not only that, the other part is that you really, the, the professional game masters that I've spoken to, uh -huh. and, and they, you know, will charge $20 a head for a six person table for I've seen that. three or four hour. Uh, time slot. God bless them. And they say you know, for a four-hour time slot, they're probably prepping at least four hours uh, for the session. But it's yeah. always in person. It's always in person. So, yeah. um, and it's not at their apartment or anything like that, so you would need either a, a, a public venue that you can use or yeah. it's be a corporation location where you can use the lunch tables or whatever. But, uh, yeah, you know, you're you're on the hook too because if they have less than a good time, then you're not going to well, be. Well, that's that's all part and parcel of running your business, you know. Right, you know, so it's like, oh, you know, well, no TPKs this this week. Can't do a TPK with this group. All right, that's, that's the thing. You know, you you've got to balance that out like any other business does. I even had a name. I was going to call myself. I was going to call it Rentagrognard. Rent a grog. I rent a grog. Yeah. I old will, man Grognar will, for the right price, old man Grognar will run you a game in person. In person. Well, you better old. like it or get walking. Yeah, there you go. I, 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 I'm thinking about doing a tin cast compression. Well, I got. You're not quite. You're not quite Grognar. You got ten. I got ten years on you, so. Yeah, well, my hair would tell you differently, though, man. When I dyed my hair blue, all that gray became like this 
like light sky, like a cloud sky blue. And even <laughs> after I wa- even after I washed it out, it's like, hey, I've got like like granny highlights. You know, when, when you get the women that like the in, in their like nineties and like they dye their hair and they always dye it like that blue gray because it's not gray, but it's not natural either. It's like, geez. So uh, and when, I was way, at the, when I was at when I was in theater, we'd have a lot of old people come here and say, Oh, it's a blue hair crowd. We look out yep. there. Oh, so, yeah, uh, it's a blue haired performance. We we've got a, a bit of a cold wave coming into New York City. So I don't know when Maybe, maybe right before Thanksgiving, I get to dye my hair blue. Uh, oh, it's boy. not going to be, by the way, it's not going to be the blue that you saw on screen when they were spraying my head because oh. I am not. Well, the reason being is I'm going to have to rinse out the residue, the, the, the loose stuff, before going into my car because I can't leave that on the, the seats of my brand new 2021 Subaru Forester. I don't play. I, I don't play. I, 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 I will uh, be suicidal if I do that. So and look uh, at this. Believe it or not, there is still some hair up there. To look at I, the, yeah. All right. You see me in person, you know. Yeah, I have. You know, yeah. I, my my hair, uh, instead of falling out, just decided it would go gray. So I, um, I, and. I think the grays all started when I started my uh, solo parenting, uh, parental responsibilities when my son was 13, my mother passed. You know, I'm always looking for, speaking of gaming, I love it when, uh, I'm always looking for more gaming t-shirts, you know, RPG t-shirts. Right. And I love it when I get recognized not recognize like, hey, you're old man Grognar, but hey, you're a gamer, you know. Um, um, yeah. I went into a don't. I went into a donut shop last week, and I was wearing my, I think, oh, 2017 uh, North Texas shirt, and this hat. Ooh. And the guy had served me. He was about. He looked about oh, early twenties. And after he rung me up, he says, well, "What do you play?" So, well, yeah, uh, and then I get to give him, and then I get to give him the old man Grognard lecture uh, about how I'm an old, old Grognard and I play all these, and we had a nice like twenty minute conversation about because he's new to five E, he's new to oh, gaming, okay. and and so it's like, oh, my chance to educate this guy. So huh. anything, know, and, anything after a second edition skills and powers is shit. Sorry, <laughs> well, it wasn't that, but I encouraged him to try. He says, I'm, I'm looking at the older games because he likes uh, Call of Cthulhu, also. And we talked oh, about yeah. that, and uh, he said, I, I, the fifth edition doesn't quite get it for me for like role, you know, characterization. I says, So I told him to try either Swords and Wizardry or basic. If you want to get into it, I said, old school, go basic fantasy, you're not yeah. going to break the bank, it's free, it's all free. And if you, you want to buy it, it's, a, it's, it, it doesn't, you know, it's it's not so far because basic fantasy builds off of third edition. So if you play third edition or even 5e, there's some comfort zone to basic fantasy. I never got it's, that. Just, you know, I never got that. I never got it for the fact that uh, just be, people got, 
I got the impression that people thought just because um, it's using the third edition OGL is based on third edition. No, it's not. No, it, it's it, not. But it, it goes it, back it, to it, basic. It does go back to basic, but it does keep some of the concepts of three, just like uh, call, uh, sorry, uh, Castles and Crusades does. Castles and Crusades here right. close to the third edition than a lot of the later retro clones do. But Excuse me, all, I, I dropped one of my earbuds. That's why I don't wear them because I, Glenn, I lost my uh, AirPods somewhere in this room. I have no idea where the fuck they are. And they're, oh, and, you're and naughty they're, boy. I'll get it yeah. after the show. Yeah, I, can I, still, I still got one. I, can hear I said that a month ago. I'll get it. At, I can't get it. I don't know where the fuck it is. But, um, you well, know, I need a grand. I need a grandkid around here. Here, bend down over and get that for grandpa. But you know, like, listen, all, all of the the OSR old school retro clones are built off of the three G OGL, with the exception of uh, Stars Without Numbers and the other games by by uh, Kevin Crawford, because Kevin right. does not use the OGL. He he basically built a D twenty system from the ground up, which Certainly plays a lot like your classic D20 system, but with enough tweaks that he could avoid the OGL. And God bless him for doing it. Well, um, as far as, you know, I know they added like Ascending Armor class, and I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, to me, anybody who says that it's like they don't understand that just using an OGL doesn't mean you're using that system. Well, I... Again, Audrey, what you do, you're using a license. You are, but you're using the OGL so you can use things like spell names and a lot of the right. functions and the D20 right. and the saving throws. I'm and... saying you're not you're not limited to third edition. You can go oh. back second, first, oh, yeah. basic, OD, and you know, right. as far so as, you as far can... back as you want to go. Right. However, when you are straying off of the third edition OGL, like things like experience point charts. If you look at them closely, they don't match the originals in these in these retro clones. The math mm -hmm. is always off by a couple of points. And it's off by a couple of points because that is not so, that that is something that would be covered under I guess presentation as opposed to rules. So if your fighter is at 2,000, 4,000, 8,000 for your first couple of levels, you're going to see them be at like uh, 4,120 experience points for second level or whatever. If you look, you'll see most of these systems do little things like that to keep... Well, that's that's interesting. That's interesting yep. because I thought you that's one of the things you couldn't copyright was tables. You can't, but you can copyright because it's part of because it's part of the mechanics, right? Which you cannot but, copyright. but you can, but I believe you can copyright the formula behind the tables, so you have to change the formula slightly. But in any case, it's little things to keep to keep away um, mm -hmm. the big bad uh, the big bad wolf, you know, known as uh, Wizards of the Coast, and not that Wizards of the Coast is looking to slam anybody. I mean, when you look at at some of the some of the stunts people have done in the industry, and you realize that Wizards of the Coast, uh, sometimes all they've done is is not e not even a cease and desist. 
just a kindly letter from some schmuck in the home office saying, please don't do this again, because the next letter might be a cease and desist. And they're like, oh, okay, we won't do that again. I'm not going to say what convention might have gotten a letter like that, but, you know, it's just this stuff happens. Okay. But, you know, you start telling me something's a variant of third edition, it's like it just kind of like, unless you're talking about castles and crusades, I don't want to hear it. Or Dungeon Crawl Classic. You'll, 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 you'll agree or that. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. They, they hew a bit closer to their Too source close. materials. Too close for my taste. Well, I mean, I, I would hazard a guess that after uh, Joe Goodman uh, tried to support the fourth edition game system license, uh, with I think it was two two issues of Level Up uh, magazine, which got no traction, and it might be more, but I, don't, I had the first two, and they weren't poorly written. It's just the system for E was not one that anybody really in my group ever got drawn to. And then uh, he was like, "Well, if I'm not going to be able to make money off of four E adventures, I need my own system, and let's go back to the source." And the source was a three E OGL, and that's what it was built off of. So. Yeah, I know he put a lot of mo he put a lot of modules in the D twenty days, put a lot of modules out for third edition. So I figured, oh I guess let's let's stick with what I know type of thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, you can't blame him now. I guess you can, but I still don't. No, no, not no. for me. I mean, the tone of the adventures also changed when you went from the third. Uh, 3.5 era Grimming Games Adventures to the DCC RPG Adventures. The they they are more of uh, over the tops, uh, you know, sword and sorcery. They are. I happen to think they're on top of the three E stuff. I happen to think they put stuff on there that you know makes to me makes a BX game look like a walk in the park because they're very, let's kill them around every corner type of thing, especially if they throw magic. I mean, I don't, I, I, say, don't I don't remember my old games being this deadly. Oh, no, I'm, mine weren't. Unless, unless you know, I they're, was they're, to me, they're just pushing to pushing that envelope too much. Well, I, you know, here's the thing. If you ran TSR era one e adventures that TSR published, they were almost invariably tournament adventures, and they were oh yeah, they they were there to kill the PCs. They were yeah, losing. but I mean, so that so it tells you ran if you wrote your own, it was always different. But the times I ran, you know, uh, slavers or. Uh, I, I, T1 to 4 didn't have that issue. T1 to 4 was fairly well balanced because it wasn't written to be a tournament adventure. But the mm -hmm. G series was written to be tournament adventures. Basically, if you came with a bunch of PC and, and potential PCs for your party to use, they expected your party to die. So that's how I looked yeah. at it. Yeah, but I still think I feel safer in those than anything in DCC. Well, I mean, the later ones, the, the ones for DCC RPG, I think are very well written, sometimes pretty much over the top. 
but I've converted them to Swords and Wizardry on the fly. They play very well, but I was probably also down in the power level a little bit by doing so. But uh, they also work best as an episodic, which, let's be honest, if you were buying adventures from TSR back in the day, they were very much episodic. They didn't. You went from A1 to A2, and your characters, there was no... How do you get from spot to spot? All right, now you're starting off. Here's where you are. Let's go and have fun. I don't know if you hear the <clears> helicopter coming <throat> over my house. I don't hear anything. All right. Well, thank God for that. Thank God. Pretty darn loud. So, so now, Glenn, how was we, we we touched on this topic? I mean, but now you have a game coming up next week, or or not? Uh, I know. Uh, I do not. Um, my next live action, my face face game is on the 29th, but I do have the Monday game online this Monday. Oh, okay. As far as I know. Carlos runs the online game, and I run it once a month face-to-face. That's the theory, anyway. But we don't have anything planned past this, this last game. We're just going to uh, wait till the first of the year. We'll just wait till the first of the year. You know, people want to see yeah, well, I, and again, that's 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 part of it. And I don't know, really think that the online game is going to happen much either, because people will be busy. You know, so. and, and you know, and and I think this is something that Rach and I will probably touch upon tomorrow for Gamers Health. But mm-hmm. this is also the time of the year where seasonal depression sets in. So it's probably the time oh, of the year. Tell me about it. Tell it's me about probably, it. Probably the time of the year where we. Uh, in general, want to be gaming more to relieve stress, relieve tension, relieve depression, and, and we're we getting gaming less because of responsibilities and and time crunches that pop up this month. So it, it's like that's it's what, like a perfect storm if you're a gamer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now that's why I have I like grandkids who say, "Grandpa, can we play D and D?" When they do that, every once in a while, the girls are like, Grandpa, can we play some D&D? And they always ask at the wrong time. I can't. I got to go do this for the manor or something like that. Um, but I Grandpa, plan on doing you, You're horrible, Grandpa. I don't ever oh, want to play D&D uh, with we, you. We get, we get it once in a while. We get it once right. in a while. Right. You know, Gage has asked me. Gavin, you know, not Gavin. Gage has asked me to play when he was younger. So, Grandpa, can we play D&D? Uh, I'm trying to edit these podcasts. Okay, <laughs> so sure you know, we can listen. Anyway. Sure, y'all. Okay, roll for initiative. Boom, one shot. Y'all die. TPK. Let me go back to what I'm doing. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've never done that. I'm gonna do it, Glenn. Here, hold on a second. Well, good. I can get my other. Uh, uh, Lloyd Metcalf put out Sleuth Quest. It was a Kickstarter. And it includes, oh, see, hey, the camera's respecting it, too. That's good. So, um, Sleuth Quest can be run with Swords and Wizardry, but it also includes its own little uh, easy-to-use system. And what I did was Uh I gave my name Shannon when she was over last uh-huh. week, and I gave her two copies and said, read this, Shannon, and if you like it, play it and in, with your friends, and if they like it, 
You can give one of them a copy, and if they want more copies, I have more copies. There you go. Over the that was Lloyd? Days. Yeah, that Lloyd, Lloyd? they can't put that together. Yep, that was Lloyd. Surprise, surprise you didn't Our send me one, but that's okay. Lloyd. Well, that's I, okay. I, 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 backed the, I backed the Kickstarter. Fluke Quest. What is that, a kid's D&D game? Or? Yeah, it's for youngins. Oh, okay. You can run with Swords okay. and Wizardry, Swords and Wizardry Light, or he has his own little Fluke Quest system in there. Right. So, but yeah, we'll gotcha. do a good presentation with it. So well, that's it nice. Cool. Yeah. I expect that out of him. I didn't expect that out of him. He said he usually sends me everything he does, but that's well, he's okay know, on that that respect. I think you know Lloyd was trying know. to split his time between uh, OSR and Five E, and I think he's uh, I, I OSR what out? Yeah, I I think he put the nail in Five E because here, here's the thing. And I, I probably haven't discussed this on this channel, but I know for a fact that I've been told this, that if I covered 5e and talked about 5e stuff, I could probably double our subscriber numbers within six months, if not less, and hit 2,000. But I'd be talking right. about stuff that I'm not excited about and I'm not intimate with and I'm not comfortable with. So I talk about what I am passionate about, which happens to be old school gaming. That's right. And That's right. I think that carries over. And I could do um, a more popular but shitty podcast, or I could do a less popular but higher quality podcast. I'd rather go with the higher quality, personally. Than so did you ever do that high quality podcast? <laughs> no, I'm still working on it. Yeah. Remember, quality is all a matter of perspective. If my 5e would be like like down here, and, uh -huh. and here's here's where I'm at, this is higher quality. Uh -huh. But maybe this is technically high quality. I'm not there yet. We're working. Oh, okay. But if, if folks, if you're watching this, you haven't subscribed yet, thumbs up, hit the like button. Apparently, you can hit the all that uh, stuff. You can hit the dislike button, but it doesn't have much of an effect anymore because they don't. They they feel that the creators just can't. We can't, we, we can't handle. We can't handle the criticism, but we still get to see it. But we can't handle the criticism being in public. So, well, as uh, you know, as you know, Radio Grognard operates on quantity, not quality. So, you could throw in how to OSRify the five E's. We could. I could actually uh, talk about that with Joe, since Joe is Joe runs five E, but from what I heard from his brother, it's five E that doesn't really resemble five E much anymore. It's like a five E chassis with a an OSR body uh, taped on top of it. So uh, it would be interesting oh. to go into the... Into oh, 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 you're talking about MythGarther then. Okay. Yeah, well, no, no, because MythGarther actually... It's still of, 5e. It's still 5e, but it distills 5e down to its essence and then mm -hmm. rebuilds it into what it wants to be. Whereas Joe takes 5e and he doesn't, like, bring it down to its essence he like takes out the wrench and the hammer and the screwdriver and knocks shit off it and then pounds in some osr stuff and it's like a frankenstein so it, it, it i don't think it's quite the uh detailed uh uh trans morph yeah. trans morphing myth mark i think that's why matt liked hyperborea so much because it reminded him of myth because you know Jeff did the same thing with 1E. He 
Yep. You broke it down and you build it back up into something different. Um, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, if if there was some way I could get this uh, supplement into Joe the lawyer's hands, he'd probably like it. Yeah, you know, he probably would. And I'm not. I'm, I'm about to... Oh, sneeze! Oh my god! Nothing worse than okay. it doesn't happen. But it is true. Ah, uh, making faces. Not gonna want to make faces because. Ah, uh, all right. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, probably best I didn't. I didn't sneeze. I had a. I had a bloody nose uh, earlier today. I probably would have oh, been really? a mess if I had sneezed. You'd be like going, "Oh my god, ten car over your face." <laughs> Sorry. You son of a gun. I couldn't anyway. help myself, Glenn. I couldn't help. That's myself. the state. That's the state of gaming where I am. I don't know what the state of Kickstarters are, but I um, think Kickstarter-wise, uh, Doug Cole has a new Kickstarter out for uh, Dungeon Fantasy. Looks really good. I, I'm backing it because I plan on uh, using the monsters and just they're going to be GURPS powered, but I can convert that to Swords of Wizardry or oh, it's always yeah. a blink of an eye. GURPS is easy to convert from. It's just uh, once you understand the system. So um, I've I've backed that. Uh, James Shields has uh, 3D printable uh, creature Kickstarter just kicked off. So you guys can check into that. I'll be posting about that probably uh, in a day or two. And, uh, oh, my God, I know I'm missing another one. God knows. You know, this. Uh, I'm, uh, well. here's, I, I'm getting old, Glenn. I'm getting old. I can't remember. I don't know that one. Yeah, you, you, all right. You're being nice. You're being kind. You're being way too kind. So should we, should we wrap it, Glenn? Yeah, I think we should. Look for my look for my GoFundMe. Send a grog to North Texas. You know what? You're half joking I'm, about I'm, it. You're probably, I'm joking about it. You're not, well, I don't know. It just this doesn't seem to be worthy of something like a GoFundMe. You know? Yeah. You got to promise to run like. Uh, a game a day, then then it's worthy of a GoFundMe. I could do that. I could do that. I'm already getting see. my Gamebusters game ready because uh, Hi, Dead, game, so Dead, Dead Game Society is coming this year, this next year. So you see, it's kind of like stretch goals, like in a Kickstarter. You got to be like, hey, if we raise uh, two fifty, I will run uh, Gangbusters on Thursday, and if I, and if we raise uh, four fifty, I'll do whatever. I'm, Hey, uh, at seven fifty, uh, I, I can do this anyway. But Tenkar will spend Saturday in his uh, uh, wrestler outfit from the uh, yoga experience a couple of weeks back, and and uh, four hundred, he'll take you to the bar and buy you a drink. Well, but uh, we're gonna. But the, the game plan is, I will, I will, uh, what you call it? Uh, I, I will uh, wear and show off the outfit. So we can auction it off at the midnight auction, and I'm not mm. saying I will take it off at the midnight auction because I, I don't think that the place is rated for that. Kind I could of get a, into trouble with this at home here, but I was going to say for like three hundred fifty for like no, hundred no, no, no. bucks. No, hundred bucks. Gage will run a game. Oh, he'd love that, Grandpa. Oh, yeah. 
I don't want to run bucks? any games. And how much do I make with that hundred bucks? Yeah. You get to what? go to the con then. That's what you get. Uh, you know, you get to get you get to stay in the hotel. That's what you get. There you go. Well, mm -hmm. folks, listen, we're still in the midst of the world of COVID. I am not telling you what to do, neither is Glenn. Um That's right. use your common sense. Use your common sense. Take actions. Talk talk to a medical professional that you trust. You know your medical history better than anybody else. Be guided by the advice of somebody that's in the field who you have confidence in to make the right decisions. That's all I'm going to say. All right? Be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll those dice. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern with Gamers Health, with uh, myself and Rach. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit, as like I said, about seasonal depression because it hits – it hits the gaming industry. It hits it fairly hard. And okay. uh, probably a few other things. All right, folks. And don't forget to listen to Radio Grognard. Radio Grognard. Uh, on Anchor or Spotify or wherever you want to listen to. And his Where, stuff, where, too. Wherever your favorite podcast and, can be found. Tavern Chat, too. And Tavern uh, Chat, yes. And if you're looking for an anchor, I'm sorry. Hasn't been put up in probably close to two months because uh, Anchor's been having trouble converting the video files over. And uh, really? but now they're saying that Anchor can play video. So I got to give that a try. Uh, so let's see if I can do that this weekend. Okay. All right, folks. Good night, folks. See you, folks. Later. Bye.